0: Good morning sports fans, bettors and cappers and welcome to the Monday edition of the Competitive Hedge podcast. I am your host of the show Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games, wagers and headlines before diving into today's betting slate and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now as you can tell from the title of today's episode, I mean, it was a rough weekend to say the least. Manchester United lose 7-0 yesterday, one of the worst defeats in my lifetime in the Premier League. Tough betting weekend overall. We'll recap that in a few minutes here. But we did have a couple of bright points. The Regina Pats won 5-3, to and we were in attendance for that game. Four goals for Connor Bedard, and I got to take my dad as well. And the other high point was Duke winning at Chapel Hill this weekend. So it wasn't all bad. That's why I said cloudy with the chance of L's because there were quite a few of those that we took this weekend. But we are excited to chat about those as well as some NCAA future bets as well today. But before we do, we got to talk about the great folks over at Bet99, which is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and their mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. So it all started Thursday (laughs) from a bad betting perspective. We went one and five on Thursday night. Um, Only Arizona won that night. The rest were a lot of losses, and they were not close either. Two to three, two and three on Friday night. Um, The main reason why we even saw profit was that Regina Pats plus two and a half. And when they fell behind three nothing, I thought that it was all but over. But they stormed back, score five straight, and win the game outright. And shout out to St. Louis as well. Then we head into Saturday where it was ugly early. We're down six (laughs) games in a row, seven games in a row to start the day. And then we came back strong a little bit later in the day. And that kind of led into our Sunday where we finally found some profit. We're up three, almost three and a half units yesterday with Drake. We had the, a couple of overs and then Memphis over or plus four and a half as well. So This is how I felt like the weekend was going. I thought you were this worldly, sophisticated guy, but you're just a fraud. And that's how it felt. And then luckily yesterday, this is how we started to get back on track. Yes! Hey, it worked. All right. Easy money. So we're still down this month. We're not in the double digits, though. So that's a huge plus heading into today. But it wasn't the best. We got to get back on track and so excited for today. Now, we did have a decent golf weekend as well. We did go two and two with our golf picks, and we are up units there. So, Scotty Scheffler, top 10. He finished tied for fourth at plus 112, so a nice win there. Max Homa just misses the top 10 by a single shot at plus 210. Jordan Spieth, top 20 at plus 180. He finished tied for fourth, and then Chris Kirk, top 20. He missed out at T39. So, Still a profitable weekend golf-wise. Now, it was a great Sunday. There was plenty of players in contention. A lot of good players in contention as well. Um, Kit Yama ends up taking the event by one shot over Rory McIlroy and Harris English. But to see all those big names on the leaderboard, I think the PGA Tour is in a good spot when it comes to these events. You're always going to get the top guys showing up. A uh, A lot higher purses as well. But It does concern me a little bit once you get into those smaller events because these guys just simply aren't going to play them anymore. And so I think that it was a great weekend. Love when they go to Arnie's place. It's one of the best stops on tour. We are still down (laughs) nine and a half units, though. So college basketball results from the weekend. A lot of movement heading into conference tournament play. You had nine ranked teams that lost on Saturday and then another ranked team Lost yesterday, so when you have ten ranked teams dropping games heading into conference tournament play, it's going to make things very interesting. But even some in the top ten. I mean, we saw Alabama; they lost outright to A and M. We saw number three Kansas; they lost to number nine Texas. That one wasn't even relatively close either. Um, We did end up seeing um, seventy-five to fifty-nine there. So, really liked Texas in the long term and picking up that win. They head into Big 12 play looking really good. Baylor, speaking of the Big 12, they lost outright to Iowa State by 15. Arizona lost to number four UCLA, but they traded victories. So I think it is kind of a 1-2 race in the Pac-12 when it comes to conference tournament play. Kansas State, they lost to West Virginia. Number 12, Tennessee, they lost to Auburn. Auburn trying to get back on track after they blew that lead to Alabama earlier in the week. Providence lost, number 21, Maryland lost, number 22, TCU lost, and number 25, Pitt lost as well to Miami. So a lot of teams lost, but that being said, they these were kind of meaningless games for a lot of them because seeding had already been determined except some of those Big 12 ones. Of course, the biggest highlight, as I said earlier, was Duke winning against uh, North Carolina. That's always a huge one. 62 to 57 wasn't the prettiest game you'll ever see, but nonetheless the rivalry rivalry lives on, and I thought that it was a pretty solid game all around. Now, other news from the weekend: UFC. I did get a chance to watch some of the prelim fights that were really solid, and then seeing that the uh, main event, John Jones, he dominated, comes and wins against Cyril gone by submission. I mean, the guy's the go to the sport. I know he's had his outside the octagon issues, but Once he is inside that octagon, he is damn near unbeatable. And now the next fight is, I think, going to be one of the biggest ones of all time. Might be the biggest one of his career as he takes on Stipe Miocic, who a lot of people consider to be the greatest heavyweight of all time. I think that's just going to be a phenomenal fight. Can't wait to see it. On the other side, Grasso, she also upset Shevchenko to win the UFC flyweight title. Looked like a great fight from the highlights that I saw. And so thoroughly enjoyed that thought that as I said the prelim card was really solid as well so the UFC's had some really great events recently and looking forward to tuning in more in the future so with that we got to head over and talk about the game slate for today that is March 6th we've got some EPL, NBA, NHL and even a little bit of NCAA but before we do let's play the video. Alrighty, so let's start with that EPL game that's happening today, that being Brentford and Fulham. Now, Brentford, they're plus 108 at home, taking on Fulham at plus 260, and these two are in the top half of the table right now. You've got Fulham in seventh and Brentford in ninth. Both teams are also top 10 in goals per game this year. Now, Brentford, they haven't lost in five straight games. Fulham haven't lost in four straight, so... They're both playing relatively well as well. A lot of draws in there, though, so that's what concerns me about taking a money line on either side. But what I did like I saw was both teams to score at minus 122. Now, these haven't worked out a lot for us lately, quite frankly. When we've been betting money lines, they've been great. When we've been betting both teams to score, then they haven't delivered. But I think this one's different when I look at this game. I think Fulham's got the quality to go on the road and pick up a goal or two, but I also think Brentford with Ivan Tony up front, they're a very good team, and so I think we're going to see both teams to score today. That's one of my favorite plays of the day. Now, NBA-wise, we've got six games happening tonight. Only really like four of them. I don't like betting a Detroit Pistons game right now, so I stayed away from them in Portland. And Miami's been pretty inconsistent for me. Same with Atlanta. So when I see those two matchup, they are division rivals as well. I just thought it was a bad spot, so I'm not going to entertain it today. Now Boston and Cleveland. Cleveland was minus two and a half when I went to bed. Now they are minus four and a half today at home. And the Cavs, they're a wagon at home. They're 27 and seven on the year. Boston's a good road team though. At 20 and 11, one of the best in the league. Now, no Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon is a game time decision as well, but Cleveland's fully healthy, so I think Cleveland at home tonight, they're in a really good spot to pick up a win. I really liked it at minus two and a half. Once you get to four and a half with a team, the quality of Boston, that one starts to concern me a bit, but at the very least, I liked Cleveland where they were. Now, Philly's minus six and a half on the road today against the Pacers, and it's kind of an ugly road number when you initially look at it, but... The numbers support Philadelphia with how they're playing right now. They are better at home, but they're also 17-12 and 12 on the road, so they've significantly improved on the road from recent years. They've won seven of their last ten, and they're taking on an Indiana team that's sliding. They're coming off a loss. They've lost seven of their last ten. I think it's a good spot for Philadelphia to win by double digits. Indiana also, they uh, they played a really tight game just the other day against Chicago so in fact it was yesterday where Halliburton hit a game winning three so when you've got a team on a back-to-back I think it's a vulnerable spot even at home so I really like Philadelphia today Toronto and Denver Denver's minus six and a half taking on the Raptors and this is a tough spot for Toronto you're taking on the best team in the west Um, they're just phenomenal at home they're 29 and four overall and they've also won three straight games so When you're facing a fully healthy Denver team, as great as Toronto has been since the deadline, I just find it very tough to back them, even on that plus six and a half. If I could even get a little bit of line movement, maybe get this to seven and a half or eight, then I would feel much better about it. But at least with where it stands, Toronto, I would lean uh, staying away. And then New Orleans and Sacramento caps it off. Sacramento, they're minus five and a half at home today. Um, Team is healthy right now, which is good to see. Pelicans, they haven't been great on the road recently. Uh, in fact, all year long, they're 11-22 and 22 overall. Um, my only concern about betting this game is that the last time these two met up, New Orleans won by 32 points. So might be worth a look if the line moves a little bit more in Sacramento's favor to bet New Orleans. If you can get that at 6.5, then I think you feel a lot better about it. But as of now, we'll stay away. NHL-wise, we've got six games on the ice. Once again, I am intrigued by four of them. I'm not looking to bet Ottawa and Chicago nor Nashville and Vancouver. When you've got teams that, quite frankly, aren't trying to win a lot of games down the stretch, then I'm not too interested. So the ones that I am interested in, speaking of not trying to win games, the San Jose Sharks, <laughs> they take on Winnipeg, who are minus 220 at home. Kakinen looks good, um, but... <laughs> I mean, he gave up eight goals against uh, against Washington the other night, so that might be a little bit tough to say. And he's taken on Hellebuck, which is a tough matchup. In San Jose, they've lost five straight. This is basically, do you trust Winnipeg enough on the puck line or in regulation to take them? I'm actually intrigued by the over here. Um, you'll see later on in the show where we went with this one, but it's now moved to six and a half. We got a nice early line on this one, so I do like the over with uh, Winnipeg and San Jose. Edmonton, they're minus 150 on the road against Buffalo today. Looks like we're getting Skinner and Lukanen. Should be a fun matchup. Now, Skinner, he's given up two or three goals in his last six starts. So he's been solid for Edmonton. That's what they need is good goaltending moving forward. And Lukanen, on the other hand, he's given up four or five goals in his last three starts. So this is a tough spot because a lot of the time with Edmonton, you're looking at that seven number if you're going to bet an over-under. Um, in fact this one's all the way up at seven and a half tonight which you rarely see in the NHL so it's tough to want to bet the over there Um, but I think if you're going anywhere you're probably going Edmonton with how Skinner's been playing Calgary and Dallas Dallas are minus 130 at home they're going to roll with Ottinger tonight and he's taking on Markstrom and these are just two teams headed in opposite directions Calgary's lost five straight Markstrom's lost five straight starts then you got Ottinger's who's won Three of his last four, and they've won three straight overall as a team. So I certainly lean Dallas today at minus 130. I'm a little bit concerned to see that it's only uh, at minus 130. Um, But I do think that I would roll with the Stars if you go anywhere today. And then Washington and Los Angeles, the Kings are minus 165 at home. Um, And I kind of like the Washington Road upset today. I don't have a real reason for it. Feels like just a bit of a hunch with Kemper and Copley going. Washington scored eight the other night. I know they're taking on a bad San Jose team, but they've also won a couple games in a row coming in. So I do like that road upset. Not enough to make it a show play, but it might be worth a sprinkle if you're looking for a plus money play today on the ice. And then college basketball today, two ranked games as we head into these tournament plays. And it's because we've got the West Coast Conference already going right now. This is semifinal games today. And so you've got BYU taking on number 17, St. Mary's. St. Mary's are minus six and a half. Now they were the two seed coming in, and BYU was the six. They upset Loyola Marymount the other day to get here. But I really like the Gales. I know that this this has been lining up to be St. Mary's versus Gonzaga all year. They've been the cream of the crop in the West Coast Conference. But both games were tight between these two teams. I just think that the talent's going to shine through tonight. You may be see a bit of a letdown spot with BYU earlier in the year. That's why you had such tight games. But I do think that this is one where the quality is going to win out and they're going to win by double digits. And then San Francisco and number 10, Gonzaga. The Zags were minus 12 and a half yesterday. Now they're up to minus 14 and a half. It's number one versus number five. Gonzaga, once again, the best scoring team in the country. They won by 18 the last time they played them. So I understand the line movement. I would go Gonzaga to cover. I don't like it enough to actually make it a show play. But when you also look and see an over under at 160, it's tough to want to bet the over either. But if that line does come back down for whatever reason, maybe go back the Zags at minus 12 and a half. So, with that, I want to chat about some NCAA conference tournament plays. Now, as we head into these tournament plays, there's a lot of teams that are on the bubble. They need a lengthy tournament run in order to secure their spot in March Madness. And then you've got teams that, quite frankly, have to win the tournament if they want a chance of getting in. So I wanted to look at some favorites that we like, maybe a dark horse as well. So all of the plays that we're going to give you, the favorites are worth a unit and the dark horses are worth half a unit. If we go 50% on these, then I think that we had a really good time. So we're going to start today with the ACC. And... I mean, we're Duke Blue Devils fans, but I think it's hard to not want to back them. They are the favorites, despite not being ranked, uh, at least until the AP poll comes out today. But I just think you can't—you have to back them. They won six straight games. Um, the concern with them all year was that they couldn't win on the road. They were a phenomenal home team. They didn't lose at home, but this is more of a neutral site. I think that they are if they get past Miami, then I feel really good about it. And Miami is going to be right there with them as the number one on their side. Now the dark horse that I like, I like Clemson at plus 600. They're the fifth best team, uh, fifth best odds to win this. But a month ago, Clemson looked like a lock to get into the tournament. Now they uh, they really need to have a lengthy run. They had some great wins. They were 14-6 and six in ACC play, and they beat NC State, Duke, and Pitt along the way. So they can beat good teams. I do like the outside shot at them potentially winning this whole thing. So give me Clemson at plus 600. When we head over to the Big East, I like the favorite is UConn. I like plus 280 there. I just love what they have done long term. Uh, I think that they're a very solid group. They're 13-7 and seven in conference play. They've also won five straight games coming in. They have wins over Providence, Seton Hall, Marquette, Creighton. They beat Bama and Iowa State earlier in the year as well. This is just a very balanced Huskies team. And I think that that bodes well for them as we head into March. Now the dark horse I'm going to go with is Providence at plus 1500. They're the six best odds. And I think everyone's sold on Providence because of those Seton Hall and Xavier losses in the last week. But they're still a team that's top 40 in points per game. They're top 25 rebounding wise. Plenty of quality wins. I think if they get hot at the right time, then they could certainly win the Big East this year. So at plus 1500, I really like this value. Big 10-wise, I'm going at the favorite in Purdue at plus 150. They got three more wins than any other team in Big 10 play. They won three of their last four heading into tournament play as well. I think they have the best team in the Big 10 this year in Zach eady. Uh Trace Davis-Jackson was a very close second, but I do think that eady has been the best player in that conference this year. It's tough not to back them, so a plus 150, I like it. Dark Horse, I'm going with Ohio State at plus 6,000. They're the 11th best odds. I think if you said this two weeks ago, you would uh, you would have some people rolling their eyes. But they have been playing a lot better recently. They picked up some valuable wins over teams like Illinois in the last couple weeks. They were only 5-15 and 15 overall in Big Ten play. But they went on that big 10-game losing streak or 11-game losing streak for a little bit there. So they are going to have to run the gauntlet. They're going to have to play that first day. I think they're the 13th seed in this conference. So they are going to have to beat all of the best to get there. But I think the Buckeyes could pull it out. So I like them at plus 6,000. Big 12 wise, I like Texas. I've liked them all year. They're the best odds. Even with everything surrounding the Chris Beard situation, they finished second in Big 12 play. They just beat Kansas on the weekend. Uh, They got really quality guys like Carr, Rice, Allen, and Hunter. Balanced team. I think they have enough talent around them to get it done. So I like Texas at plus 300. Kansas State at plus 650. They're the fourth best odds to win would be my dark horse. They finished third in Big 12 play, but they do have recent wins over Iowa State, Baylor uh, as well. So I love Johnson and Newell. I think they're a great one-two punch that could take a team on a run. So I love Kansas State here at the plus 650. SEC-wise, I like Bama. They're the best odds. But they're a team that lost two SEC games all year. Uh, They recently recently lost to A&M, recently lost to Tennessee on the road. But lots of talk around this team and everything off the court. I still think that they're the best SEC team by a mile. So I think you'd be crazy not to at least think Bama has a great shot at winning this. Uh, And then my dark horse, I like Arkansas. plus. 1200 they're the six best odds preseason they were plus 1200 to win the whole thing now they're plus 4000 overall i think arkansas finished 10th in sec play so they didn't have a great year in conference but that's not slowing me down they lost three in a row coming in i still think that they have the talent to make a deep run they're currently a nine seed according to bracketology so i really like arkansas and then the final two i like arizona plus 210 Uh, They're the second-best team in the Pac-12 heading into the tournament, largely due to that UCLA loss. Um, I think everyone now is going to back UCLA because of that win, but Arizona beat them earlier in the year, so I don't have major concerns around the Wildcats. I do like the other team in Arizona as well as my Dark Horse. Arizona State at plus 1,500, fifth-best odds. They finished fifth in the Pac-12, 11-9 overall they've got a recent win over Arizona as well they are currently on the bubble they're in the first four out right now they need to pick up a quality win or too I think that they need to go all the way to the Pac-12 final in order to have a shot at getting into the tournament so I like the Sun Devils at plus 1500 their sense of urgency is going to pull them through so with that let's go over to our last call pick segment we'll give you our picks for today and then we'll get on out of here but before we do let's play the video So, Last Mountain Distillery is the sponsor of this segment, and they're a family-owned and operated company located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery's success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products, such as their old-fashioned, their dill pickle vodka, and their regular vodka. Really enjoyed it this weekend with my wife. Once again, support local. Really love the support that we get from Last Mountain Distillery. So with that, let's give you our four Monday show plays. For one and a half units, we're on Brentford and Fulham, both teams to score. Two talented of offenses here for them not to both find the back of the net. And I think it's going to be a very up and down game between these two. I like the Cavs. I got the minus two and a half yesterday for a full unit. I love them at home. They're very strong. They're the healthier team as well. I think that it's a good spot for them to pick up a win. The Sharks and Jets, I got them over 5.5 at minus 140 for two units yesterday. My favorite play. Don't love the Sharks. I do think that Winnipeg might score six on their own. I think that's how bad this San Jose team is. But at the very least, they're going to get four or five. I don't think that they're going to get shut out. So give me the over. And then to cap it off, St. Mary's minus 6.5 versus BYU today. Just a single unit on this one, but two tight games in their first two. I think St. Mary's, they won both of them. I think they go 3-for-3 tonight, and they win by double digits in order to get there. So appreciate everyone who tuned into the show today. We're trying to get back on track after a tough start to the month. I think we're starting to turn the tables and that we're going to head into March Madness with a positive record. Appreciate everyone who tuned in today and we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.